0: Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio Interactive Live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: Lembetopic on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Welcome back to the Lembetopic show where we find the facts, kill the spin, and tell it like it is. We have opinions, but we separate them from facts to encourage you to form your own opinions, not simply to listen to the propaganda of the mainstream media. I think we are becoming mainstream, actually, but hopefully with an element of truth, which is refreshing uh, to you, the viewer and listener. Uh, We had Andrew Allison on in the first hour of my show, the Chief Executive Officer of the Freedom Association in the United Kingdom, and he certainly lit the fuse of free speech uh, on our site, tntradio.live. Let me read some of the messages that have come out here. Uh, Julian Assange is a journalist and just reported the information given to him, as I understand. That's what Red says. i happen to agree with you, Red. Uh, Andrew Allison took a different view. He said that potentially that was compromising to security. I just don't have that opinion. I think that uh, Julian Assange is perfectly entitled to publish what other true enemies of the state would have been able to find out as well. I would say that Assange's crime was to tell people that he'd done it. And I'm not sure that's really a crime at all. Uh, if you, you have, can have a different view, please do put your views onto the chat. Uh, and uh, another one here is uh, Madrid, I think seems to be quite agitated. He said, I'm going to fire up my chainsaw. Depending on what you're going to do with that, Madrid, make sure you stay on the right side of, of the law. Um, Annie says, warning, when he's on again, I'll not put up with more of that. I'm not sure who you're referring to there, Annie. There's probably something up in the very fast moving chat stream here. Uh, hopefully you don't mean uh, Andrew because I find them quite interesting even if you disagree uh blotter says take a look at the freedom association on wiki if you dare it's a laugh yes it is the freedom association has been criticized but also praised there's an awful lot there i'm quite keen on the organization because they are at least trying to support free speech though at the end of my debate with andrew he said something very tantalising. He implied that there are limits to free speech i'm not sure that i agree i think that there probably aren't limits to free speech even if that's occasionally embarrassing to the people who are called out Uh, my real dislike is hypocrisy and i think that when we expose hypocrisy in the public domain that's always a worthwhile thing really to prove that no one's perfect and therefore when we get sanctimony from the the politicians uh, it needs to be tempered by the free speech to say well you're telling us not to fly around the world, you're flying around the world. Uh, Or you're telling us not to have parties and not to uh, disobey the lockdown, you're having parties and you're disobeying the lockdown. I think that kind of free speech is actually quite welcome. Uh, Red says, I hope I I never happen upon that rather sadly enlightened figure again. He belongs on the BBC. (laughs) Thanks Red. Uh, I think we probably will have Andrew back. He's prompted a lot of debate and we're nothing here at TNT if not in favour of debate. Uh, And uh, Blodders has got a quote here, an extract. The Freedom Association has expressed an interest in establishing a British equivalent of the American Tea Party movement. Though its director, Simon Richards, stated in October 2010 that he was worried that such a project could be hijacked by extremist groups, such as the English Defence League. Uh, Well, the Freedom Association isn't technically a political party. Uh, I would imagine, though, that the Reform UK party does serve as a rebel yell against the establishment. Uh, I say that because they did pretty well in both of the elections which took place last week. They came third in both double figure numbers, probably mainly eating into Conservative votes. But there's no doubt that they are now an established force. Uh, we'll get someone from the Freedom Associ- uh, Correction from Reform UK on as soon as we reasonably can to talk about those results. Uh, just two more here. Um, Justin Bloke says, uh, "Speech is either free or it isn't." End of. I tend to agree with you on that, uh, and that's one reason why sometimes we invite guests that you may disagree with here on TNT. But that's because it's a counterpoint. It's a it's an opportunity for you to test your own thinking and perhaps hear an alternative view, uh, rather than us just living in an echo chamber, hearing the views that we already agree with. Uh, Malibite says, "Free speech doesn't exist when you add boundaries." That's my view as well, Manny Bites. Free speech exists when you allow people who offend you to uh, say things. Uh, Red says, don't have him back, Lemmy. Uh, Lemmy, okay, (laughs) thanks for that. These types have plenty of other platforms. Now that is a debate that we do have here. Uh, If you have access to the mainstream, should you have access to TNT? I think sparingly, we should still let those people on uh, as long as we call them out and uh, express our points of view, our opinions in those uh, points of view, uh, in those debates. But one more. Justin bloke says Reform UK stands against the establishment. Who are you kidding them? But please, let's see what they do. In my experience of politics, the Liberal Democrats, the party I joined right back in 1989, was a truly libertarian party. They supported the legalisation of all drugs, albeit briefly. They, they swung around on that a little bit. They supported increasing income tax when everyone else was talking about reducing income tax in order to put money into education. I felt at home then. But what has happened to the Liberal Democrats is pretty much what Justin Bloke is suggesting has already happened to Reform UK. Namely, the temptation of power dilutes the freedom of speech and causes a degree of conformism at the centre. I don't think Reform UK has got there yet. I feel that at this stage, they still are an alternative voice. They seem to be skeptical about the, the climate emergency nonsense, for example, but let's see what happens. I certainly want to get someone from Reform UK onto our program, given their performance in the uh, in the local by-elections uh, that took place, uh, where they got over one in 10 votes in both cases, actually one in seven or one in eight in one of the, the elections. But I'll let them speak for themselves. And certainly, I think it's worthy of a debate there. Uh, coming up next in just a moment, we've got someone else who definitely speaks her mind, Jules Serkin. She's going to join me in a minute. If you've got views on what we've discussed or what we are about to, then go to tmtradio.live. You can have your say there as well. This is truly a free speech, speak easy. It's called the Lembitopic Show. It's right here on TNT. Be a part of the conversation.
0: I want representation I can trust. Have your say. Biden isn't doing enough. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: Jules Serkin joins us now. She's an accomplished broadcaster. Uh, She's an accomplished free speaker. And she has suffered at the hands of the COVID COVID vaccine, as have I. Jules, welcome to TNT and the Lembitopic Show.
2: Thank you, Lembit. It's good to be
1: here. Uh, you've got quite an illustrious broadcasting career yourself, haven't you?
2: Well, I'm long in the tooth, Lembit. <laughs> <So started laughs> you don't look by... long in the tooth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I started off at a very young age, but um, I've done everything. I was a, um, left school at 15, broke a leg, a uh, horse kicked me. Um, so I left school um, and became a dental nurse, as you do, um, at the age of 15 and uh, worked my way up from Essex to Harley Street. Uh, Married a nice Egyptian guy at the age of 17, went to live in Cairo, um, which terrified my parents (laughs) in the very late 70s, um, and lived there for a while. Um, And I don't know, things seem to follow me around. So I've always um, enjoyed journalism. and. When my kids were young, I worked around them. I kind of like to be at home. I think that it's really important for mums to try or dads to try and be around at times. And it's really difficult now because, you know, price of mortgages is through the roof. Food is through the roof. Heating is through the roof. So many parents have to work, um, both of them. I was lucky enough to do a bit of yoga, taught yoga. Um, I was a massage therapist. So anything I could do around the children, Then um, at the hands of the NHS, I had uh, a low thyroid. This is very interesting. So not on the vaccine yet. Wait for that one. But I had a low thyroid and I started putting on weight and falling asleep. And I said, uh, you know, they found out at the age of 37 that I should be on levothyroxine. That's what they said. And they said, you'll be fine. And I wasn't fine. So I was 16 stone four, um, falling asleep. At the wheel, so I was driving after nine hours sleep on the school run and falling asleep. So I said to my GP, "This isn't right. You know, I'm having to sleep all the time. I'm having naps in the afternoon." And she said, "Perhaps you're bored." <laughs> it's like
1: bored. That's the diagnosis. Yeah, perhaps you're
2: bored. Yeah. No matter that you're doing sixty miles an hour with babies in the back of the car and falling asleep, you must be bored. Um, there's not a mum I know that's bored driving a car with three kids in the back. <laughs> So, long story short, I spent 25 years respecting the NHS treatment uh, and feeling lousy and missing lots of occasions. And then I read a book by an American uh, thyroid expert called Amy Myers, MD. And she told me in the book about uh, that some people don't convert. So, levothyroxine is only T3, um, T4, sorry. And I needed T3. T3 is really difficult to get in the UK for some reason. Some people manage to get it and they have to fight and fight. So I started to buy my own, which cost about £350 every three months. I had to get it from America. I had to pay a private endo endocrinologist to get a prescription. So it was a real hassle, but I felt great. I lost weight. I, I felt normal. I managed to function. Um so long story short, uh, I now know that they wasted, the NHS wasted 25 years of my life, a quarter if I live to 100, on Levo, which was the wrong drug and didn't work for me.
1: Didn't do anything for you at all then?
2: Nothing. I just slept and got very fat and lethargic. Um, and I had to push myself. I pushed myself for 25 years um, to try and work and do things. But every weekend I'd collapse. You know, just exhaustion. Um, so I've had a really good seven years. Um, I now weigh 12 stone, I'm five foot eleven, so that's not not bad for my height. Um, I eat really healthily. And then came 2021, and I was working as a radio presenter, a PR. Um, so I worked for a lot of independent schools. I did a fantastic swap to get our youngest um, educated privately at um, little school, junior school. Um, I sent him to a local school, which was really nice, when he was five. Um, and he came back saying, we was busy. We was we was too busy. And he'd gone saying, we were busy. So he went to school at five, oh. speaking correctly. So I went into the school, I trundled in, and I said, um, you know, little, little, boy I won't say his name because he'll hate me uh is is now speaking not correctly and the classroom assistant was writing on the board we was which is incorrect what? yeah the classroom assistant so I went to the head and said look my son is is coming home saying we was too busy mum we was too busy for this we was too busy for that no books because we were we was busy so no reading books so she said, that's how people speak round here. I said, it's, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, and she was very middle class. She had a horse box. She used to bring her horse into school. So I said, but your classroom assistant is writing it on the board. Now, for all you know, she might well want to be a head one day, a head teacher, but she will never be a head teacher if she's grammatically incorrect. And she's teaching pupils to, to, to you know, anyway, so I whipped him out. I went to a little, um, we call them grammar crammers, um, a little private school. It was something like Enid Blyton, um, very nice. And I said, educate my kid, get him to 11, and I'll do all your PR. So that's what we did. We did a complete swap, no money, uh, exchange hands. I didn't have a lot of money in those days. Um, And thanks to the AstraZeneca, I don't have much money now. So in 20, around 2021 at the beginning, we were being bombarded, if you remember, Um, constant. I was watching the six o'clock news every night, intense, intense propaganda. You're going to kill your mum, don't hug your gran, you know, people falling over on the news, just popping down, Uh, the awful proning of people with all the uh, paraphernalia around them. I'm not a doctor, but if i can't breathe the worst thing for me is to lie on my chest mm. but you know that's them. Um, we now know that those protocols were awful we weren't allowed to, we weren't allowed to go anywhere we weren't allowed to sit on a bench um i live by the sea on the seafront and the police were patrolling getting people out of the sea on a summer's day people swimming on their own they were talking to them you know sort of making them feel uncomfortable so we all felt maybe not all um but i felt really guilty for getting close to people i started you know following the arrows doing stupid mm. elbow shakes with mm. the studio guests um i was taking sprays into the studio we've got a very small studio uh, if anybody coughed you know we were we were all on tenterhooks mm. so march the 5th uh, 2021 I trundled along to the local cinema in Canterbury, in Kent, and I was jabbed by a woman who gave me her business card. She was a Botox therapist, a beauty therapist. So she jabbed me. I wasn't given any information. Um, It was AstraZeneca. The batch number was PV, Paul Victor, um, 46671. And this batch I now know has killed Um, We have a small group of us who met on Twitter um, and we connected. I have one lady uh, with Ghislaine Barré syndrome. She was a vet. So from this same batch, she was in hospital for nine months, um, unable to work. And they were keeping her separate in the ward. Why were they keeping her separate in the ward? They didn't want her to meet other chab damaged, that jab injured, um, who also had Ghislaine Barre. So Ghislaine Barré is pretty rare uh, and now there are pockets of it. So she's been unable to work. Um, I have Howard Griffiths. He won't mind me saying his name. He had my batch. Um, Very similar to me. So I went along, had it and it was during lockdown. So my husband and I were very excited to sit outside in March in the freezing cold and sit on a cold bench and have a coffee and a sausage roll we thought that was we thought we were dining at the Ritz because you know, we'd been locked up <laughs> you know it was like the highlight of the uh the year um and then went home two hours later I was in bed just shaking 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 sweating feeling awful and because of the propaganda that we'd been fed I was very gung-ho. I was going, this is great. This means my immune system's working. This is what they mm. said. You know, they said you might get flu mm. symptoms. So I kind of took it on the chin and I was in bed for three days. I've never been in bed for three days, um, even with hold my... That,
1: hold that thought because I want to get... Uh, this is fascinating. I don't want to interrupt you. We need to go to a break. But what I'm finding interesting is the fact that I had the vaccine injury also a different, in a different way but I'll come back to this. This is the first time I've actually heard that there are batches which have done this as well, so I want to explore that a little bit more as well, and also highlight another example of double standards presented to us by the mainstream media. So don't go anywhere. We're going to come back to uh, Jules in just a minute. Uh, If you have something to say about vaccine injuries and if you have something to say about what looks like a terrible scandal where potentially the... uh, vaccines have actually done more harm than the disease, then do get in touch, go to TNTradio.life and you'll find the chat there. You'll also find phone numbers. Uh, this is the Lempotropic Show here on TNT. See you in a few minutes. TNT's Darren Denslow.
0: Yeah, I'm mean, talking about the illness. Actually, that has done has been doing the rounds. Not have we only seen a, uh, a mass influx of people waving their COVID tests online. Look, I got a red line. It's like, oh my God, people are testing. Or people, you know, trying to encourage others to wear their masks um but there has been a talk of a dry cough there have been doctors out saying we've seen loads of cases of that uh, have you been suffering from you know a bit of cough and flu or cold or COVID? Well, Darren, I, COVID. I, I just i just did my eighth test uh, and okay. um i'm just going to keep doing it until i get lines and lines why Well, because work's coming back up, isn't it? Digging deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk TNT. I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14 and I watched her struggle. But MDA helped her get the best treatments and care. And they also help kids like my buddy, Ethan.
1: My name is Ethan and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the US to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me.
0: For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at mda.org today. At the top of the hour, we'll keep on top of the news. It's the most important thing we can do. On today's News Talk, TNT Radio
1: welcome back to the lembotopic show uh we've still got about an hour and a half it does go very fast uh, lots of comments coming from what my uh, uh guest Jules second is saying about covid let me read you some of the messages before we go back to her let me read them out now uh idiots lord idiot says holly uh, as part of a debate uh by uh about the covid uh, vaccines here uh red says totalitarianism is very real and uh uh Madrid says all the bioweapon jabs were made a long time before the COVID narrative. And uh, Blodder says it's annoying. Pfizer gets all the attention. Yes, yet most uh, folks jab injured in UK had AstraZeneca, while the people who formulated and made it get uh, peerages. Uh, molton says you get flu symptoms because the body was trying to get rid of the toxic white injected into your body uh holly says some batches more deadly than others there's a point that jules has been making and we'll continue with that in a minute uh by design uh, they couldn't do it all at once could they hmm. interesting so you're suggesting a degree of planning there hmm. okay we'll see what jules has to say about that uh lots more comments can't go through all of them right now uh and uh Mally Bice is making a very interesting point it's it's a complicated da- dialogue which is going on on the chat so you need to have a look at it in detail if i read bits of it it won't make uh, sense Loders says can't believe it's the first time you've heard about dodgy batches then but it is actually uh, it just is uh i'm not going to pretend otherwise and i say that as somebody who suffered badly uh at the hands of the third vaccine uh, which i only took because i was traveling so much and i i had to do it at the time but uh i would deeply profoundly regret having taken any of the vaccines really uh Jules we just got to a very interesting point in your story. Uh, you were experiencing bad bad symptoms of, of illness and you're in bed and you were going, well, this is what they told us. That means that the vaccine is working. It's stimulating my immune system. What happened next?
2: Well, that's how naive I was. I mean, looking back now, I feel absolutely ridiculous and stupid that I fell for all of this. And, you know, I have a picture. My mum's 93 uh, and she's injured by Pfizer. Um, her eyes her left eye. So the side of the jab often is at the left. And I'm finding a lot of people are left-sided injured. Um, so my mother uh, had two Pfizer. Now, uh, she's actually stopped having flu jabs as well. She hasn't had flu jabs for two years. She sees a brilliant homeopath. She takes uh, remedies for um, in the flu season. Um, and she's doing really, really well. I've got her on a vaccine protocol to detox. Um, so, her friends um, are all 10 years younger, they're in their 80s, and they're all on five and six, and they're dropping like flies. They're getting pneumonia, they're constantly ill, um, anemia, all, all these things, and which will just be written off as old age. It will just get written off, and I feel so angry about it. But um, going back to me, so after three days, I got out of bed, staggered out of bed, um, and Being a bit gung-ho, I tried to go swimming and I just, I had this, it's the weirdest feeling I've ever had, Lembit. It's out of this world, all these vaccine injuries, the feelings you get are not normal. They're not like anything I've ever felt. But I had this dragging, pulling feeling in my legs Um, as if um, now I'm thinking clots. Because we've seen, a lot of us on on uh, social media have seen what the embalmers are pulling out. I don't know if you've seen these long, horrible white clots. And so my legs just were feeling strange. Uh, it wasn't a cramp. It was a dragging, pulling feeling in both legs. Um, anyway, I couldn't swim. And I told my GP and she said, it's cramp. And, you know, I don't get cramp um, or didn't anyway. Um so I didn't believe her. But since that that episode, um, I was sent to a, a GP eventually. After about three, four weeks, I kept phoning the doctors. By then, it was just phone calls. You, you weren't seeing them face to face. I was getting excruciating headaches. I'd never had headaches before. Did you get headaches after your vaccine injury?
1: Um, I had hallucinations and then uh, blood oh. pressure related issues.
2: Wow. Hallucination
1: sounds a bit scary, well, doesn't it? Well, to, to, to explain what actually happened, uh, a friend of mine, Georgina, who lives in Greece, this become very relevant in the moment, I was working quite a lot with her. And I I'd had the vaccine the day before, or maybe it was two days before. I was going into London to do some filming, actually. And I was on the train and I suddenly realized that there were yellow people on the train and I got a lot of yellow people and like as in bright yellow and I thought these people are here to get me and I thought I'll call Georgina because she's in Greece so that she therefore she won't be part of this plot that's what I thought and I called her and I said the yellow people they're here to get me I'm paraphrasing a bit I think I was probably a little bit more prosaic than that because I was eloquent but I was mad and she said uh can you get off the train get off the train at the next stop she said, "Get off the train." I said, "I can't. It's moving." She said, "At the next stop." <laughs> and then she had the good idea to make me put my my picture on my to do. I can't think. It was a WhatsApp visual thing. So I showed her the yellow people, and she indeed saw the yellow people. There were children in day-glow jackets, but oh. I had interpreted these people as yeah. an assault force coming to get me. And oh. then she talked me into a coffee shop called a mutual friend of ours who left his meeting and sat with me. And it probably took three or four hours for me to get back to normal. It's actually, I feel it it's making me stress talking about it now. Uh, and I've had trouble ever since, not with hallucinations, but with blood pressure. And uh, I swim most days now. And ironically, perhaps it's made me healthier because I'm taking my health a lot more seriously, you know, better diet, yeah. more exercise. But it seems to me, Jules, that the injuries take different forms but many of them end up in death
2: it's it's awful um we've only managed to track two um sadly that died from pv pv 46671 um and our batch it's very hard to find how many are in a batch but they were spread all over so mine was in kent in canterbury in the uk Um, howard was in wales we have um another chap i'm try- not mentioning all names um who's in scotland um we have a lady in the channel islands um and virginia is in the uh, middle of england um i've just mentioned a name sorry <laughs> and the vet is in the middle of england with Ghislaine barre now um so it was spread and we just don't know how many but we do know that there were some saline batches there was a nursing home uh, in england that uh, were all the elderly in the nursing home were given saline batches we don't know there was also a nurse in germany that gave saline batches because she didn't agree with the vaccines if we can call them vaccines because they don't seem to stop people getting ill mm. although mm. you know people still think they are um mm. but i am. Um, Eventually uh, I was phoning up the doctors and just saying, my head is, there's there's a lot of brain injuries. That's the thing. And I think that's what was happening to you. They seem Mm. to, it's neurological, very neurological. So I know Howard would said almost 10 minutes after he had the jab, he was numb. His face was numb. He was shaking all over, very neurological. Um, My uh, head was, I thought I was dying. And many, many times I said to my husband, uh, Gavin, that I'm dying, you know, it, at night, especially this excruciating headache, temples, jabs all over the the face. Um, my GP eventually, uh, she'd retired, really old school GP. She took a phone call from me and she said, you need to come in. Uh, and I was so lucky that she came back from retirement to help out because uh, they were so busy. And she sent me straight to A and E. Um, she'd done a D-dimer test. And The D-dimer shows that you're at the risk of clotting. Now I was fit, healthy uh, before this. I'm not the type of person to get clots. My mum and dad, you know, live My mum's 93. She dances the kangas, you know, the the whatever all the time. She's, you know, she goes to Ibiza. She goes to Dubai. Um, and my father died at 86. There's no clots in our family. I'm not that type and I don't get headaches. So I went to a in Margate, which is in Kent by the sea. And the nurse there said, oh, she said, this is why I don't want the AstraZeneca. We've got so many of you. We're seeing so many of you. Um, and by that time, the whole left side of my face had dropped. So my left eye had dropped, um, uh, my my eye was not behaving properly, especially the left, but the whole of my face. so she said, Yeah, we've had six people in today with Bell's palsy from these vaccines, and she said, I've asked not to have not to have it, but to have the Pfizer. um well, as you know, the AstraZeneca was taken out of uh, it was taken out of England, but um a lot of European countries stopped it way before, months before mm-hmm. because of the clotting. Um, and because of VITT. Now, vaccine-induced thrombosia, VITT stands for, wasn't around before these vaccines. Did you know that? No, Um, I didn't know that, no. This VITT is actually a hashtag on Twitter. Um, My friend uh, Alex in Scotland had a different batch and they had to amputate his leg because of the clots. So... Um, I can introduce you to him. So he's in Scotland, very fit. He was a scaffolder, very bright. He was um northern soul dancer, really handsome, dapper chap. And he went in after the AstraZeneca and his um, surgeon looking at these clots was calling all around the world because she just didn't know how to handle them. There were just clots everywhere. And as they were treating them, the clots were just coming back and back and back. And the only solution to keep him alive was amputation, his leg. So Alex has lost his leg because of it. We have deaths. We have young people, 26 years old, 27 years old. Uh, Jack Last, uh, I speak to his sister. Uh, Jack Last was an engineer. He died after the AstraZeneca, age 26 um, or 27, I believe he was. It's it's happening. And the, as you know, the censorship has been awful. Yeah. Um, the only person that helped me really was Mark Stein of GB News. Uh, mm. I was on his show four times. He spoke to all the vaccine injured he could. He had a whole show with them in the studio, people in wheelchairs. Um and he was silenced. He was silenced. Mm. Um he was threatened with Ofcom having to pay his own fines. um mm. he he's now quite ill. He's got um he's had a couple of heart attacks. But he is just the lion of a man. He has fought and fought for us, as has Andrew Bridgeton, uh, the MP Andrew Bridgeton. Um, But they get silenced.
1: Yeah, It's a ter- 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 terrible tragedy that some of these stations that set themselves up, up as bastions of free speech have just imploded. They've just conformed, uh, perhaps yeah. because of pressure of wanting mainstream advertising. Uh, But they've left to this massive vacuum which TNT almost single-handedly is trying to to fill now, uh, which is helpful in the sense that uh, we have tremendous management who do defend our ability to do this. But then there's the other side of it, the concern that there will be enormous pressure as we become more efficacious and uh, we've already got over 11 million uh, hits. That. We become a problem, then we could get shut down. And I want to talk a little bit about the politics of it in the third part of the show. Just, but before we leave the, the the medical side of it, uh, a couple of years ago, I would have said I took the vaccines because I was traveling internationally and I couldn't get a certificate, yeah, without taking the vaccine. Uh, but now I would say that the certificate would have been much more attractive without the vaccine because the vaccine would have done nothing for me anyway because I've had the, the illness, the fancy flu, and my body is better equipped to find its own vaccine than anyone in the laboratory. But uh, now I'm of the view, Jules, that the vaccine is killing more people than the disease. What's your opinion?
2: I think you're right. And um, I was in the pharmacy the other day and he was talking about uh, the spring boosters to his um, staff. And I went up to him and I said, do know the vaccines are killing people i mean i i I go into shops and tell people now i tell everyone because if i can stop one person having these and it's not just astrazeneca you know that astrazeneca was withdrawn from the uk and then rebranded to vaxivria and sent to africa you know it's uh, pfizer it's moderna as well we don't know so much about moderna but i've tweeted you um the top 10 um most dangerous um, in the UK you will have them on your Twitter of Moderna and Pfizer that was a freedom of information from the government and I need to do more on that but this jab has taken over three years of my life absolutely it's cost me a fortune trying to get better and I I do believe that uh, my health because I was healthy that's what saved me
1: you haven't been very lucky really first you have the thyroid issues for a quarter of a century and i've (laughs) had three years ongoing of vaccine issues i joined you in that group that not very exclusive group i have to say uh summarizing this part of our discussion because i do want to get into the politics and the double standards of government on this it seems to me that this has been the greatest human experiment since World War II, since the Nazis uh, conducted experiments with people. This one's been dressed up as being in our interests, of course. But hundreds of millions, well, indeed, billions of people have been involved in this vast experiment. And the results are significant, but not to the favour of the vaccines. Uh, in your judgment, is it is it fair to say, I don't want to put words in your mouth here, Jules, but is it fair to say that I don't know if you've looked at it, but I have that death rates have increased in the vaccinated communities more uh, versus versus the sample of people who haven't taken them.
2: Absolutely. Um, the death rates um, uh, have rocketed all through the world, and you can see a pattern globally, can't you? Um, and I know that I was reading, I think it was Peru, there was a, a huge rise in the Ghislaine Barre that, that I was talking about earlier. But yes, death rates, um, we've seen athletes dropping. Um awful. And also I've never known so many people ill. You know, my friends who are mostly all jabbed, double jabbed, some of them three, are all ill and they're getting ill constantly. So the immune systems have been ruined or destroyed. We all have to really work on our starting off with the gut, which is what I've done, the immune health to try and get better. But um yeah, the the excess deaths are through the roof. And We need to get the doctors talking about it because there's a few. And um, I don't want to uh, go on because you've got a break. But my neurologist, top neurologist, I've seen two. He said to me, the vaccines are killing people and you should never have had one. To my face. um, (laughs) He said, you're already autoimmune thyroid. You should never have had one. Um, But there's nothing he can do. He can't treat it he said i can give you injections for your brain because i was my speech was slurring i'm a radio presenter my speech was slurring mm. i was taking guests from the studio and banging into the walls walking mm. into the walls um and i think that's similar to your hallucination it does something mm. to the brain mm. um so you know you cannot be a radio presenter if your brain isn't working um that's, so he said i can what, give you some injections let's hold
1: that thought I want to go Mm, to the break and then we'll come back. Uh, We may have a call as well. He's been waiting a while, but I'd like to take this call as well. And then after the call, I want to explore the political situation and observe some of the double standards, which really indicate that the people who are meant to be serving us as politicians didn't believe it themselves. Uh, All of this here on the Lembert OPIC show on TNT. See you in a few minutes
0: with his expert analysis and opinion.
1: This is TNT
0: Radio's Timothy Shea. Safest, most secure election in history? Maybe the most safely and securely stolen election in history. Come on, we all know that 2020 was stolen and we know how it was stolen. And now, thanks to reporter Yehuda Miller's Freedom of Information Act request, we're getting to the bottom of just who was behind all this. Apparently, according to the documents, it was an alphabet soup of FBI, CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, ERIC, the Electronic Registration Information Center, and es and and Dominion, the makers of the software in the voting machines, and leftist organizations, state officials, and others. What could they possibly have been meeting about? Could it have anything to do with the fact that for the first time in history, Ballot counting was stopped, but only in six critical states, mysteriously to resume in the middle of the night once Republican poll watchers had left the building. We're finally getting to the bottom of what happened in 2020, and we need to make certain that it never happens again, and the only way to do that is to hold the people responsible fully accountable, and that includes lengthy prison terms. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's news talk, TNT.
2: One in four Australian women experience domestic violence in their lifetime. Staying is dangerous, but leaving can mean homelessness for them and their children. With your generosity, the Salvos can provide crisis services and ongoing support, helping women find a way out of violence and a way back into a safe and stable life. Help us leave no one in need. Please donate to the Red Shield Appeal today.
1: Lembidopic on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Uh, Welcome back to the Lembidopic show here on TNT, today's News Talk. And it's live, unedited and unspun. Uh, We do share our opinions, but we flag them as such so that you can develop your own. We also share facts and uh, we verify our facts. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We're in the middle of a very interesting discussion uh, with Jules, who has been the victim of vaccine injury and has done uh, extensive research. We're going to get a caller in just a minute. Let me read some of the messages that have come in here. Uh, Thank you very much for uh, keeping Me so busy here. Uh, Madrid's making some points about not travelling during the pandemic. I had to travel, and that's why I got the vaccines, but I deeply regret it now. Uh, Red says something of importance here. Lembert, you need to know there was no health emergency in 2020. More folk died proportionately in the UK in every year between 1990 and 2003, and no emergency was declared in any of those other years, mate. I I agree, Red. Uh, I'm sure that there wasn't a health emergency. Uh, though at the time, like many people, I was foolish to believe some of what I was being told. Uh, more fool me, I have to say. And he says, if only a journalist who is very smart had hacked into government WhatsApps and revealed the information. Maybe that is why Julian Assange is locked up. Annie, I totally agree. I think that is the great service that Julian Assange and people like him provide. They lift the lid on the fact that there are conspiracies going on and that you don't have to be nuts to think that we have been duped. Hidden in plain sight says, yes, it was completely made to look right to create the figures just as the climate rubbish. Yeah, I do think there are many similarities in terms of the COVID scam and the climate uh, crisis scam. Uh, just two more. Elena says, I guess the question is, what are you, are you prepared to do to stop them from killing more people in answer to you and millions more sufferers around the world? We need drastic action. And uh, just one more here. Uh, the internet is allowing all good people to come together. And uh, one call, one uh, contributor. I can't see it now. Said ninety-three-year-old uh, Ibitha. I praise your mother, Jules. So your mother's got a fan here. Um, let's go. Let's go to the caller, Chris Edwards. And then I want to talk about uh, the political situation. Chris, thanks for joining us on today's news talk. Hello, Lembert. Hello, Jules. Hi, Chris. Hi. What would you like just to, say? to say? Chris, is, Chris hit... is
2: amazing and uh, he's been really helping me on the legal side of uh, especially Pfizer.
1: Well, you, you come to the right place, Chris. Uh, what would you like to contribute?
3: Yeah. Well, uh, if I may, Jules, can I just say a little bit about, you know, Jules is actually a pioneer. She doesn't realize it quite. <laughs> so, so, so I speak for it, Jules go ahead yeah
1: yeah go go ahead
3: do it thank you so basically what when jules Jules is calling it a legal complaint but what what it is 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 a maladministration complaint against um the the regulator so everybody's talking about the drug companies but we've got to remember it's the regulator that allowed all this to happen in this country it's it's like Grenfell fire you know the the companies are obviously going to sell their products but the regu- it's up to the regulator to make sure it's safe. And in this case, they obviously completely failed, and I say more than failed, to do their job. And so Jules is complaining about public health messages that went out about Pfizer, because when it was, as you well know, when it was uh, promoted, it was promoted as being safe because it had been tested. But it, but actually, the important thing, ha- uh, bit for, for you and all your listeners to know is that the Pfizer product that was marketed had not been tested it was not tested and the, we know that because jules has got a letter from the mhra as a result of her complaint telling
1: her it hasn't it wasn't tested so how on earth did they get away with using the population as guinea pigs uh, yeah, that's a, that would
3: take a lot more time than I've got now and you've got now. But uh, there's a very, uh, you know, it's, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's been well worked up as a marketing campaign. It's been in the making since Pandemrix was uh, withdrawn from the market in 2011. So there's been a sort of, um, so they run a very complicated argument about how to how to authorize it. Say, uh, without having to break break the law technically. But the important thing is that everybody was told it was tested. Well, the active substance in the product was tested uh, in a trial, but the way that the, the product that we uh, got, the Pfizer product was made is completely different to the one that was used in the clinical trial. It's completely differently made. And so it's two different products in law. So what they did is they authorized the active substance. <laughs> and, and then the the, the the clever part about it was that Pfizer called the active substance the same name as the product, so it's not really, you know, whether you actively market the substance or the product, you know, who really cares, you know, as long as we get it out there, it's the noble lie then, but, you know, for the greater mm. good and all that, you know, hot fuzz thing, uh, it, you know, get it out there and get people jabbed, and what does it matter about the truth? But. So, so the reality is, though, that this, this complaint that Jules has made is, is quite seminal um, because we now have the MHRA acknowledging that it wasn't tested. Um, and uh, and then they've told us also that it wasn't uh, tested because they agreed not to test it two years after the date when they said they were going to test it.
1: Chris, uh, I really want to go into this deep with you, this is a bit of a big ask, but would I be able to invite you onto the show next week, if you're free at the weekend to discuss this and give it the attention that it deserves? Say yes, Um, Chris.
3: Yes yes uh, yes i will i was just quickly trying to think what i'm doing next week.
1: well don't worry we don't have to check weekend. a diary now but if in principle you're willing to do it then we can talk <laughs> no, about yeah, this I'm, after I'm the show i'm absolutely
3: happy for that i'm not to tell you what best thing to do simplest way get my details off jules so you don't you know don't have to faff about with <laughs> okay. your people and yeah, then you know you can just um get in touch with me direct and do, we can work something okay. here
1: um and jules okay we've got to um, carry
3: on this second stage now
1: as well. well i want to hear about that second stage uh we'll check your diary don't give us chris's phone number on air because he'll get 11 million phone <laughs> calls so <laughs> we better will. not do that <laughs> including from some people who would like to shut you up i'm sure as well uh chris what we'll do is we'll find a time when you're free and we'll give you an hour and let's talk about what you said uh, i haven't got much time with jules today but i very much appreciate your call chris and uh you can take yeah. it where you want we're true to our words here in terms of free speech at tnt i
2: think we could fill That's the great, airways God, uh, a lot. With, with
1: people thank you chris thanks chris yeah go ahead jules i think we could fill the airways
3: okay then all the best and be in touch jules see you
1: soon thanks chris and yeah we could i think we could fill the airways and if i look at the chat there are so many people uh suggesting for example red saying a class action question mark perhaps uh, Madrid. Well, there is, a, there, think, is for the greater
2: good. Yeah, there is a class also, action. Yeah, there is a class action with uh, UKCV um, COVID vaccine. There is a COVID vaccine injured group of the UK in the UK that I'm a member of, and they are doing a class action, um, and they've been working tirelessly. And we all sort of we've all really helped each other, and thanks to Twitter because on Facebook and Instagram we couldn't even talk about vaccine injury. Um, But we've all been helping people with what we're taking, what's working, you know, all the supplements. I'm not going near pharma um, again. Um, So I see a homeopath. I see a nutritionist, Christine. Christine Bickley has been amazing for me. Um, I was doing it all myself for two years. I spent a fortune on supplements. And there are protocols. And, we, you know, if you have had a vaccine, you need to take them. You need to get them out of your system. Um, I need to do that. You do. Um, But just while we've been on air, my WhatsApp, you know, people, so Virginia Lamb, who I mentioned, who's got Ghislaine Barre, she was refused the vaccine damage payment. So she's a brilliant guest for you, um, and I'll send you. My uh, eye consultant, because I I never wore glasses, I never had any eye Mm. problems, my left eye, the NHS have uh, repaired the lid where it drooped, but my brow still goes down. It still feels weird, it still feels heavy. This area completely numb, um, it, it's scary because it's stroke symptoms, in, intense yes. pain. You know, these are stroke symptoms. So when I go to the GP, she just sends me to A&E. Well, A&E isn't fit for purpose. There's 21 hour wait sitting in a chair with stroke symptoms and they say, you need to be admitted, you need an MRI, but we've got no beds. So A&E is no longer an option um, where do the vaccine injured go? There is nowhere even if you're but, under so, cons-
1: Sorry, I'm I interrupted you but only because we' a bit Hi. short of time. Um, I have to say I think that X Twitter becoming X is the worst rebranding in recent history but uh, <laughs> because everyone calls it Twitter still yeah, uh, yeah. but I I have to say that my respect for Elon Musk who is a mercurial character, has increased, because I do think that he genuinely believes in free speech. And I think that he has vetoed the kind of censorship you get, even with some of the search engines, which seem to deprioritize or totally eliminate those of us who say that there's a problem here, that there's a scandal uh, brewing. Uh, No doubt the same kind of uh, pressure that uh, oppressed the uh, uh, post office workers who had been wronged. And indeed those of us who believe that there's no climate crisis you can see yeah. the large establishment doing this and i want to finish with this question uh, my view is that it, it, the great uh, the great crime of the old established media is having the highest paid news broadcaster telling us every day to respect the the highest paid news broadcaster on, on the state-sponsored british channel Telling us to obey the lockdowns while he himself was trying to break them. And a the prime minister who was telling us to obey the lockdowns while he was presiding over parties in his own premises. Now, yeah. and, and having a, a health secretary of state for health, who I know personally, not a bad bloke personally, telling us to obey the lockdowns while he was conducting an affair. I don't care about the affair. The breaking yeah, of the yeah. lockdowns is what I care about. And so they didn't believe it themselves. A chief government advisor, again, breaking the lockdown because he cared more about his personal interests than the lockdown. It seems to me, Jules, that if anyone is sceptical about the level of scandal and scam and misleading information that we were given, they just have to look at the behaviour of the people who were giving us that information. What do you think?
2: I totally agree. I mean, I spent um, with my wonderful mother... um, mothers day we had her sitting in 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 a shed in her garden while my husband and i sat on the other side of the garden with drinks and food i wouldn't even let her have the same wine bottle because i was so freaked and now looking back i feel stupid absolutely stupid um but that's that was how we treated our elderly we we left them on their own uh, we didn't kiss them we didn't hug them i know some people did and Unfortunately, now I'm meeting people who said oh, I didn't get vaccinated. I thought it was all, a, you know, it was all a bit weird. And and why didn't I meet them before? I don't know. I had it very early, you know, March, um, and I I did start to see stuff trickling out around the end, beginning of April. Um, mm. But I totally regret. But we get called anti vaxxers That's what's mm. stupid. We had the vaccine. We, we we you know we had it. We are not anti vaxxers We are regret vaxxers if anything. Yeah.
1: Jules, it's been a real pleasure to speak with you. The time's gone really very fast, actually. Yes, it um, has. Never enough. Uh, I, I, off air, I said that we won't have enough time, and we haven't. And yet, you were quite you right. Have...
2: I thought it was a ten-minute interview, Lembi. <laughs> you know? uh,
1: uh, no. We could speak for hours on this because so many people are affected, and indeed, yeah. it seems to me that the free-thinking uh, viewership of of today's news talk are pathfinders in trying to get the truth out there uh to quote uh uh that program the truth is out there well hopefully we're broadcasting it too uh and claire thank you for a guest uh chris edwards we'll get him on as well uh and we will get you back to see how your progress how your pilgrim's progress is proceeding yes well, i'm a pioneer many...
2: apparently
1: uh, yes you are <laughs> I'm a uh, i never Great
2: knew praises. but uh, i I have a very long list of people uh, that would love to come on. So uh, Virginias just texted me. So uh, there we are. Um, but well, it's been great. We, and, and I'd love to talk about farm farmers as well and the fact that the government are allowing building all over Kent farms.
1: And, and next time we'll talk about those things too. Uh, Jules Serkin, thanks so much. Coming up in the next hour, we're talking about another scandal, which is the mismanagement of transport by the Mayor of London. All of that on the Lembit... OPIC show right here on TNT. See you in a few minutes.